Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022, and Joe Biden's brain breaks on national TV and Jimmy Kimmel Live. The entire nation cringes. Protesters are allowed outside of Brett Kavanaugh's home even after an assassination attempt. And Steve Bannon subpoenas Nancy Pelosi and the entire January 6th committee in contempt case. Fireworks, be prepared. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. No so, question So there's about a it. lot of major things we've done. But what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is... Uh, um, let me say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate. But look it how the press has changed. Mm-hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it's, I, it's, I get it. I know you get you overstand it. Yeah. You don't just understand it. You overstand it. <laughs> but here's the deal. One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a um, even with, with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters. They have to get the number of clicks on on, the, on nightly news. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking a question, anyway, it just everything gets gets sensationalized in ways. That, but I'm convinced we can get through this. We have to get through it. And one of the things, look, I'm going to take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit more. I if don't, you don't mind. You. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have some of those commercials. I, I, I we have some biracial you. commercials we need to show. So just a reminder that what you are watching in this presidency is a. Visiting Angels commercial, Jimmy Kimmel there having to take a commercial break because Joe Biden can't string a sentence together. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Yeah, the humiliation of Joe Biden continues apace with even the most pleasant audiences pre-chosen for him inside of Los Angeles, which is the most Democrat city inside the most Democrat state with the most left-wing host who is a Democrat Party donor, a Joe Biden voter and a sycophant PR person for the Democratic Socialist Party, Jimmy Kimmel, brings on Joe Biden. Joe Biden is able to sit there and to just say, (sighs) Joe Biden failed last night on Jimmy Kimmel. It was humiliating. It was embarrassing. It's hard to actually watch. It's like a little blind kid who can't hit the pinata at the birthday party, even though you put him sitting right there in front of the pinata. He just swings, and it's embarrassing, and it's depressing to watch. It's like they gave him everything you could possibly ask for. This weekend, I traveled to Denver for the Western Conservative Summit. At this summit, I gave a speech, and they wanted me to lasso a bull. So what they did after my speech, in order to humiliate me, they brought on stage a fake plastic bull, and they handed me a lasso. And I'll never forgive them for this, because I've never lassoed anything in my life, and I'm no cowboy, I don't pretend to be. And so they make me lasso the bull uh, on stage, and I miss it two or three times. I eventually just end up throwing the lasso around the neck at close range and just calling it good. But what that was, was a setup to try and to give me a very warm audience, right? It was a room full of conservatives and Christians, and we just gave a a fun speech, and the audience was laughing and rolling. And this was a feat that was supposed to be simple that even a child can do. Little kids go do rodeos, right? Even a child could do it, and I couldn't do it. Yeah, got it. Couldn't do it. This is like Joe Biden going on Jimmy Kimmel. Like you're giving him this most simple task and 
You're giving him a warm audience. You're giving him a friendly host, a host that donated to him and advocates for him. And not even Jimmy Kimmel can make Joe Biden look sentient. Joe Biden is not alive. Joe Biden is not with us. That was made clear last night because every domino was stacked in Joe Biden's favor. And even though everything was just handed to him on a crystal platter, Joe Biden gives answers like this about biracial couples being in commercials in America? The hell, man. Get back to your Whispering Angels commercial. The Werther's Originals are warming up in your pocket. Joe Biden, go. You turn on the, no, I'm serious. There's something to that. Yeah. No, I'm serious. You turn on the TV, look at the ads. When's the last time you saw biracial couples on TV? When's the last time you saw the way, I mean, People are selling products. They do ads to sell products. And they sell products when people, they appeal to people. This generation is going to change everything. We just got to make sure we don't give up. There's an ability for us to do everything from increase the the, the access to education, health care. Look what we did in health care. When was the last time you saw biracial couples? on TV? Is Joe Biden time traveler? Is he coming to us with a flux capacitor from the 1950s when it was not allowed to have biracial couples? It's like, what's going, like, what's going on here? What is he talking about? This is, again, the easiest interview you could get. This is taking the small blind child at the birthday party, lowering the pinata, giving the kid a bat and saying swing and the pinata's right in front of him, right? And it's so painful to watch Joe Biden miss again and again and again. It's to the point that Jimmy Kimmel cut to commercial break. It is humiliating, it's scary, and as the Babylon Bee says, Joe Biden wants to take away the guns of the mentally ill, even though he is a senile man with nukes. And that was on display last night. So if Joe Biden can't perform when it is every single object stacked in his favor, then Joe Biden's not going to be able to perform when you have a crisis that is not stacked in his favor. And there are many of those. And perhaps that's why Joe Biden last night said an incredibly scary thing where he talked about locking up his political party. So when you're losing, what a dictator or tyrant or a fascist would do would be to, well, start to jail my political opponents. It's a playbook right there. Okay, well, I can't convince the people to be on my side, so I think I'll just throw the people who would uh, be threats to me in prison, my political opponents, in prison prison. Joe Biden talked about that in no uncertain terms. Check it out. I often get asked, look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I mean, yeah. not a joke. And I, I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you got to send even... them to jail, uh, you know. <laughs> there's that little box in there. Directly to jail? <laughs> go directly to jail. <laughs> we'll send them to jail, says the man who has American patriots sitting there rotting in the Washington, D.C. jail without charges for 500 days. 
for trespassing. Ha 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 ha, says Joe Biden, threatening to send Republicans to jail where sitting here before me from bridgemichigan.com is a article from this morning. FBI searches home of Ryan Kelly, GOP candidate for Michigan governor. The FBI has raided the home of a Michigan Republican gubernatorial candidate, Ryan Kelly, on Thursday morning. The FBI executed a search warrant and arrested Kelly at his home in Annandale Township. Video review by Bridge Michigan appears to show FBI agents leading a man who resembled Kelly to a gray SUV before 9.30 a.m. We're currently in the month of June 2022. June 6th, 1944 was the infamous D-Day landing, something that changed the history of the world. Do you know that not since that landing has the S&P 500 had a worse start to their year? Not since World War II have stocks been hammered so hard in this nation. We were at global war before we had such a plunge in the stock market. Amazon down 37%, Tesla down 40%, and crypto just decimated. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen, to start thinking about protecting what you own, what you have earned. And my recommendation is to consider precious metals. And the only company to do that with is Birch Gold. They're the only people that I trust. They can help you convert your IRA or 401k into a gold and silver backed IRA and 401k. A precious metal is something that has retained its value for all time. So it doesn't matter if it's world wars or if it's Joe Biden as president, this is a commodity that retains its value. I recommend Birch Gold because my family personally uses them to help diversify our finances, and I could not be happier with the service we received. Text Benny to 989898 to get a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered account. Ladies and gentlemen, make your finances Joe Biden-proof. Text Benny to 989898 and go gold. So Joe Biden, it's not a joke when he's actually doing it. This is the weaponization of the FBI. This is the final end result of what's been happening in our country. The final result always ends with locking up your political opponents. So they went straight past smearing them in the press with allegations of being you know, an agent of Putin to just arresting them. Just arrest him. Turn, it's, uh, this guy was apparently on the Capitol steps during January 6th. They arrested him for a misdemeanor. This man's running for office against Gretchen Whitmer. That's the same governor in Michigan who the FBI created a fake plot against to kidnap. A jury will not, conv- will not vote to convict the men who allegedly had a conspiracy to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, and then that same FBI agent that oversaw the operation to kidnap the governor of Michigan went and oversaw the FBI's operations during January 6th. We're just asking questions. We have Darren Beatty on. We've watched Tucker Carlson's documentary on January 6th, and tonight they're going to have a Soviet show trial for January 6th. And we are going to be on live critiquing it and making fun of these people and bringing your comments to the screen as they attempt to have a Jeffrey Epstein denier and pederast protector produce, 
That's right. This man, his name's Jeffrey Goldstein, and he comes from ABC. He's a former executive of ABC. This is the man who killed the Jeffrey Epstein story before Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. He stopped ABC from publishing an Epstein story because it would have hurt the Clintons and Democrats. This man is going to be producing fake television tonight for the January 6th committee. We'll be live tonight. Please join us. And also, a quick note, we want to say thank you to our viewership. The viewership of the show has been increasing dramatically, and we are so excited that all of you can join us on our journey here. Please like the page, please subscribe, and please leave us a five-star review if you're listening on podcasts. We deeply appreciate it. We do this show for free. We invest a lot in it, and we're not perfect. Yesterday, our stream crashed because of a catastrophic technical error, and we just want to apologize to the 5,000 people who were watching at that time. We've gone out and done a bunch of work overnight and fixed the problem. And here we are today back at it. But we just want to say thank you. We understand that we are building something from the ground up here. It's independent media. It's not owned by a corporation. We answer to you alone. We don't answer to some someone up above us. or We're not part of some giant corporate entity. We're here for you. We're here. We're streaming for free. We're, we do all this research. We put together this show so that you can be informed and so that you can have a community online where we are able to speak about truth and the content you're not going to see in the corporate press. So we thank you. Something that you wouldn't see in the corporate press, this has been utterly deleted from media coverage. You actually have to scroll down so far that your fingers bleed on the New York Times homepage, is that the DOJ has charged a California man for wanting to kill Brett Kavanaugh. That's right. This man is 26 years old. And he showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's house attempting to murder him. The cops say he was angry over the Roe v. Wade leaked decision. And he had tactical equipment, a Glock 17 and zip ties, and he found his address online. So here's a man who has been radicalized by mainstream leftist talking points that there will reap a whirlwind if you decide to Go through with this decision. That's what Chuck Schumer says. Various Democrats saying that you should be putting pressure on the Supreme Court, that you should show up at their houses. Oh, don't you worry. We have the videotape. But what is the end result of all of this? The end result of all this is a man actually showing up and wanting to commit murder. According to the Daily Mail, a Supreme, the Supreme Court confirmed to the Daily Mail that a man was arrested outside of Brett Kavanaugh's home after making threats against him. Maryland police identified 26-year-old man named as Nicholas John Roski. Roski allegedly told detectives that he was upset about the leak of the recent Supreme Court draft and that he wanted to protect a woman's right to an abortion by killing Brett Kavanaugh. He also was upset about recent school shootings in Uvalde, Texas. So he traveled across the country to Maryland with the intention to harm Brett Kavanaugh. What's the zip ties for? Are you going to zip tie? His, Brett Kavanaugh has two little girls. Were you going to zip tie his family? I and mean, what, what if a federal marshal hadn't intercepted this man? Where is the outrage? Where are the cries for unity and for us to lower the temperature? Remember this last month when Elon Musk announced that he would be turning Twitter into a free speech company and that speech would be legal on the platform once more? Remember the demon screams from the left 
as they writhed and ripped their garments because there would be a place where conservatives might speak freely? Well, that's because the left knows that censorship and destroying conservative thoughts and ripping conservative websites down from the internet is one of their most powerful tools. It always is for the communists. That's why we host BennyJohnson.com and this show through RightForge. RightForge is the only internet server company that allows for free speech and will protect American virtues like freedom of association and thought. RightForge is the internet server company that protects the American internet and they are building their new internet right now. I totally recommend that you take your company and your products online over to RightForge at RightForge.com. RightForge.com, the real American internet. The elites and those in charge are doing right by you. But never, ever would we ever do anything remotely close to calling for physical or even mental violence against these people. You know, we don't want like threats done digitally. We don't want any of that. That's how you lose a country. And it's certainly how you ratchet things up to the point where the pendulum breaks, right? So the delta of the pendulum just starts snapping. This is what happens in third world dictatorships. And you're starting to see it happen here. Joe Biden's FBI is arresting political opponents and keeping their political enemies in jail. Tonight, you're going to watch a sham trial of a Soviet Politburo, January 6th committee, attempting to keep in jail or attempting to smear and slander Republic, their political opponents who had nothing to do with January 6th. January 6th, to summarize, had some bad actors enter the U.S. Capitol. Now, what the questions we have is, well, were these people instigated and incited by the FBI? We have footage of Ray Epps. We know he was working for the FBI. And we know that Ray Epps said we need to go into the U.S. Capitol. We have the footage. We can see Ray Epps at the very front of the barricades talking to the police and then talking to the protesters. What was he doing? He was right there when the barricades came down. We have questions. Those are questions. Those are questions that a review should actually be asking. What was the role of the FBI in January 6th? They've been asked that directly by Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz didn't get an answer to them. They wouldn't be able to disclose their methods, they told Ted Cruz. Well, I think that's pretty important when it comes to this moment. What were your methods inside the crowd? And most importantly, why were they let in? I have been in D.C. and lived in D.C. for 15 years, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, but let me make something very clear to you. I've been in the U.S. Capitol every single day for like 10 years. I was a Capitol Hill reporter. I had a press badge. You can't just walk in there. I got to make this super clear. As somebody who's worked in that building, had an office in that building, has been in and out of that building, I know that building extremely well. Even with a press badge, with my face, name on it, stamped by the Capitol Police, it was very hard to get into that building. It was really difficult to get into the Capitol with a badge, with my face on it, with a Capitol Police emblem over it, approved of and allowed in by the Capitol Police. Every day was like more stringent than TSA. Imagine getting on a plane. You go through TSA, everyone's been on a plane. That's that and then some to get into the U.S. Capitol is how difficult it is to get into the U.S. Capitol. So I have questions. 
So I have questions. We'll ask them tonight in our special where we critique those hearings, Soviet-style hearings. But I think it's time for us to take a little look as Brett Kavanaugh's would-be murderer, attempted murder is what this man is charged with, and hopefully terrorism. And I think that maybe we should be looking at some national Democrats and be asking, are they accessory to murder? Are they accessory to this man's terroristic acts? First Democrat, Chuck Schumer, who should be expelled from the Senate for saying this. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You won't know what hit you, is what Chuck Schumer said. What is he talking about? Is that a message? I'm sure the man who showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's house was preparing to surprise Kavanaugh and make sure that he didn't know what hit him. It's evil. We disavow it all. This is left-wing terrorism. And it continues all the way up to the very podium and spokesperson of Joe Biden. Jen Psaki saying that she doesn't mind protesters outside of the Supreme Court's Justices' homes, where their little children live, where their small children live. Amy Coney Barrett, I think, has like very young kids, maybe like two, three years old. I'm, I need to check on that, but she has a very young child. She has a lot of kids. Some of them are adopted. And Amy Coney Barrett has little children. Brett Kavanaugh has little school-age children as well. Here's Jen Psaki saying, hey, go take those kids' lunch money, Antifa. Watch. I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position. We encourage the protests outside of judges' homes. Last night, Tucker Carlson played a supercut of various national Democrats saying, hey, you know what? Go to the private homes of these justices and make sure that their children can't sleep at night. Watch. You think that these protesters should continue to be outside Supreme Court justices' homes and interrupt church? I, I get interrupted and protested all the time. I welcome it in many ways, as long as it's not, you know, uh, violent rhetoric, uh, talking about, you know, physical harm and all those kind of things. I think it's just really important to understand that that happens. Uh, we're in public service. This Supreme Court said back then protesters should be able to get right in people's faces. Now they are erecting barriers to try to keep protesters as far away from themselves as possible. I think that's fundamentally wrong. So do you think that these protesters should be prosecuted for breaking federal law? What is the federal law? I'm sorry. It's U.S. Code 1507. It prevents picketing or parading in or near a building, housing a court of the United States, or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge. Do you think they should be prosecuted for breaking federal law? The Supreme Court itself um, has heard this argument, and they have themselves said it is protected by the First Amendment. So here you have various members of the Democrat Party, which lived inside of a protective bubble, razor wire and militarized in the U.S. Capitol after January 6th, 
where a couple hundred droogs wandered into the Capitol and then were kicked out of the Capitol within an hour. And then the process of certifying the election went forward and everything was done. That's what happened on January 6th. Here you have, after that event, which we don't endorse, we're shocked that it happened based on our knowledge of the U.S. Capitol, but after that event, you're sitting there with razor wire, every single state's National Guard called up to come to secure the U.S. Capitol. That razor wire was up for months and months and months. Nancy's Great Wall. She sure as hell wouldn't build a wall on the border, but damn it, did Nancy Pelosi put up uh, a wall that would make Genghis Khan jealous, a wall that would make the Great Wall of China builders jealous all around the Capitol. And we had to live with it in Washington, D.C. I mean, you couldn't even, you couldn't even get to within a mile of the Capitol. Multiple barriers, razor wires. It was insane. It was a police, a military state. It was a lockdown state, something out of a movie. Do you remember this remarkable moment from the confirmation hearing of Ketanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court? Senator Marsha Blackburn asked her a question that left the judge's jaw on the floor. Uh, Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. Why is it so difficult for hardened leftists to answer that question? What is a woman? Can a man get pregnant? Do ladies have beards? Well, I know someone with a beard who's not a lady. He's a man, and that man's name is Matt Walsh. He works for the Daily Wire, and he has a brand new documentary out entitled What is a Woman? where he travels the world and asks the so-called experts in the field the simple question, define a woman. Their strange and twisted answers reveal something incredibly dark, which is that radical gender ideology is a blatant attempt by the far left to sink the true meaning of woman into oblivion. As a Christian, as a father of two daughters, I gotta say, this was a profound insight into exactly what world they wish to create for my kids, and it makes me wanna fight even harder. I laughed, I cried, and I really learned something about the world around me. Go now to dailywire.com backslash Benny to watch this bombshell documentary asking the greatest question of our generation. What is a woman? An accompanying court filing also states that Roski was armed with a black tactical chest rig, a tactical knife, Glock 17 pistol, two magazines, ammunition, pepper spray, and zip ties. He had a hammer, screwdriver, nail punch, crowbar, pistol, light duct tape, hiking boots with padding on the outsides of the soles and other items. This suggests that Roski was going to smash into or break into Brett Kavanaugh's house and perhaps wait for him until he got home. And then Lord knows what would happen. Him, his family, his little girls. Why do we know that? Well, hiking boots with padding on the outsides of the soles, these are boots that are intended to kick in doors, kick in windows, keep the glass from shattering into your leg or hitting your bones in your foot. That's what this man was planning on doing. This is the absolute state of the psychotic and fascistic left. Two deputy U.S. marshals saw this man exit the vehicle at 1.05 a.m. A.m. He was there in the small hours of the evening, and he looked their way before walking down the street where Kavanaugh lived on. 
Roski turned himself in by calling 911 while in Kavanaugh's neighborhood and informing them that he was armed and suicidal. He's a mentally ill individual. It comes amid heightened tensions over the Supreme Court poised to make a decision on whether or not to curb federal abortion protections. The case sparked a wave of protests nationwide, including outside of jurists' homes. And as you have heard, there has been nothing but incitement by the left for further protests and further violence. That is precisely what they are calling for. That is because the fascist only knows violence in the pursuit of their own power. Republicans in Congress blasted the White House for not condemning the attack. Republican leader Mitch McConnell demanded the White House and Democrats pass his chamber's increasing security for justices bill. Attorney Merrick Garland vowed to do everything we can to prevent attacks against justices. Oh, well, that that just makes me feel all comfortable and warm inside, very cozy. Protesters were still allowed outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house in spite of the assassination attempt by an armed man who was ready to kill. Ladies and gentlemen, what you are about to hear are a series of protesters, probably about two dozen, who are wandering in front of Brett Kavanaugh's house, in in front of the very house, right, you can see his doorstep in this video. And they're allowed to do this in spite of the fact that there was an attempted murder, an attempted murderer roaming and prowling the streets, ready to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Listen to this. The Justice Department appears to still be allowing protesters to gather outside of the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. The video on Wednesday showed protesters marching in front of the justice's home and shouting pro-abortion slogans. The protesters also made their way over to John Roberts's house as well. They've been in front of the house of Amy Coney Barrett. And Amy Coney Barrett, I think, has the youngest children of any Supreme Court justice. She has little kids, again, These people and their fascistic and terroristic tactics are the end of our country. There's no way to say uh, that we live inside of a society if you have open murderers wandering through the street in order to kill because of political animus. There is no safety. There is no security. You do not live inside of a republic any longer. You live inside of a terror state controlled by a single party. And that is precisely what Democrats want. That's why they go after our friend Tim Pool so much. Tim Pool, a extremely popular news broadcaster and streamer. He has tens of thousands of people watching his streams at any given time. He is a truth teller. We like Tim Pool a lot on the show. Tim Pool has been swatted at least 12 times. What that means is that somebody calls the police and says that they have a hostage situation uh, at Tim Pool's house, and that they're going to kill someone, right? And it's all a lie, but it causes the police and the SWAT force, hence the term SWATed, to rush into the premises and then to essentially engage in tactics that would prevent this type of a horrible situation from happening. And what that could lead to is the killing of somebody completely innocent, right? So that's what being SWATed means. This is the 12th incident. Another one happened last night. So last night during Tim Pool's live show, the entire studio was cleared out 
they left the cameras running and those cameras had like 35,000 people concurrently watching an empty room, which is more viewers than Brian Stelter gives on any, gets on any given night. But nonetheless, jokes aside, this is a deadly serious issue. And Tim Pool was again swatted by leftists. Tim Pool talks a lot about Antifa. He talks a lot about the radical left. And he was swatted by presumably, I mean, it has to be, uh, anarcho-leftists and fascistic leftists who are trying to get Tim Pool killed. That's what's happening. They're trying to get him murdered and his team killed. This is the purpose of the fascist left. Anything in the pursuit of power. Anything that pushes and drives the forces that would stand in their way to the ground or to the side, whether that means a SWAT team kicks in Tim Pool's window while he's live on the internet and shoots someone in an act of confusion, this may very well happen. And this is exactly what's going on with Tim Pool, who is, by the way, an excellent journalist. And by doing this, these people are eliminating and infringing on Tim Pool's constitutional right. I think that there is like a constitutional equal rights case before the Supreme Court here that should sick the federal government on any person that swats a journalist. Of course, it would be wrong. Of course, in any situation, it would be wrong. If this were happening to Pod Save America or to CNN or to the Washington Post, I would decry it. And I would be screaming at the top of my lungs that this is happening. Yet you don't hear those people talking about Tim Pool. And the reason why is because Tim Pool is the other. He's on the other side. He's on the wrong side here. He's not part of the current thing. And he's not part of the regime. And so Tim Pool doesn't get the protections. But Tim Pool has a constitutional right to freedom of press. And the Constitution says that Tim Pool has the right to be a journalist and to engage in journalists, his website's called TimCast.com. And these people are eliminating his constitutional right. That's an, that's an equal protections lawsuit. So these people who are doing this, Tim Pool, there needs to be a full-on federal investigation in order to stop the harassment and the limitations of a journalist who is essentially trying to engage in journalism. Part of the reason why it would be very, very bad for a uh, ne'er-do-well to enter Tim Pool's house is that Tim Pool is very uh, proud of the fact that he is armed to the teeth. Tim Pool is armed and knows quite a bit about guns, but that didn't stop the House of Representatives from passing sweeping gun control legislation yesterday to try and take guns away from Tim Pool, presumably. What it, this legislation did was it raised the minimum age for buying a semi-automatic weapon from 18 to 21 in response to the Buffalo and Uvalde shootings. However, this bill is probably not going to see the light of day inside of the Senate. We'll see. But reading to you from the Daily Mail, how the House on Wednesday passed a package of gun control measures by 223 to 204, vote in the first major policy response to the school shootings that killed 19 students and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, with five Republicans joining Democrats to vote for the measure. The handful of Republicans backing the measure were retiring reps Adam Kinzinger and Fred Upton, Chris Jacobs, Anthony Gonzalez, and Brian Fitzpatrick. So, of course, these guys are backstabbing their own party, their own constitution, and trying to get themselves positions on corporate boards or liberal think tanks. The vote came after the chamber voted to raise the minimum age for semi-automatic weapons and purchases by a vote of 228 to 199. Ten voter... Ten... Republicans voted for this. The House also passed gun legislation in response to recent mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, Uvalde, Texas that would ban the sale 
of ammunition magazines with a capacity of more than 15 rounds. The vote was 220 to 207. Four Republicans voted for it. All of them are retiring. So what does this show you? Well, it shows you, ladies and gentlemen, that legislation does not work and that all of this is bluster because inside of these states that they listed as states with mass shootings, you have states like New York and Illinois and California. Inside of these states, you already have the strictest gun laws in the country. It is essentially illegal to own a firearm in Washington, D.C. or Seattle or Chicago. It is all but illegal. It is legitimately impossible to get firearms there. I've lived in D.C. for 15 years. Trust me, it is impossible to get a firearm in D.C. even after D.C. versus Heller, which is the legis- which is the Supreme Court case, the landmark case that allowed for gun ownership in D.C. And so here, ladies and gentlemen, we have an issue where they are trying to put more laws on top of more laws on top of more laws on top of more laws without recognizing the simple reality that criminals do not follow laws. And yet there are laws against rape. There are laws against killing. There are laws against cocaine and rapes and killing and cocaine continues to happen apace in this diseased society. And I say diseased because... It really is the case that you have district attorneys who are here in order to hurt the victims of these crimes, in order to release the criminals of these crimes, and these criminals are going to be getting guns, and they're probably not going to be getting guns legally. So this is going to do absolutely nothing. And Republicans are signing on board. It's a depressing state in this country, and we need to think dearly about the real problem and root at hand here. And the real problem and root at hand is one, fatherlessness. Most, virtually all mass shooters have in common fatherlessness. Broken families, broken homes, no dad. And two, mental illness. A mental illness problem in America masquerading as a gun problem is what Joe Rogan says, and we agree. It's time for us to start treating the person and starting to look at the fact that, let's say, the Uvalde shooter was parading around with a bag of dead cats. Well, that should be a warning sign. If you are murdering and torturing animals, boy, the correlation between you torturing animals and you being willing to hurt a human being is exceedingly high. There have been many studies on this. Fatherlessness and mental illness. That's how you begin change in this scenario. Not by punishing law-abiding legal gun owners who, by the way, and we will note, there has never been an NRA mass shooting. An NRA member has never gone on a mass shooting. But here we are, with cowards in Congress. We'll see how cowardly people are when they get subpoenaed themselves, which is exactly what Steve Bannon is doing to Nancy Pelosi over the January 6th committee in a contempt case. This, according to Bloomberg, who doggy, this is going to get spicy. Steve Bannon's lawyers are seeking to question under oath Nancy Pelosi and every member of the House committee investigating January 6th as part of a legal challenge to whether the panel was properly formed. Oh my. Bannon has inst- was instructed in November by a federal grand jury on, I'm sorry, Bannon was indicted in November, my apologies, uh, by a federal grand jury on two counts of contempt of Congress for his refusal to comply with a subpoena. In the lead-up to the trial, Bannon's lawyers questioned whether Pelosi and Democrats followed House's own rules 
in the formation and makeup of the bipartisan committee. A resolution that created the committee states it shall have 13 members, but the panel only has nine, seven Democrats, two Republicans, quote unquote, there aren't actually Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. David Schoen, one of Bannon's attorneys, said on a phone conversation that it would be a terrible irony if the committee tries to quash Bannon's subpoenas, adding the documents its clients seeking along with the American people. Bannon insists that he is protected by executive privilege granted by former President Donald Trump, but Bannon has made it clear that he would have complied with the congressional subpoena if he had been ordered to do so by a judge, Schoen says. The committee hadn't sought civil enforcement of the subpoena. One issue is whether failing to follow the precise language of that resolution renders one's committee illegally incompetent to issue subpoenas that can be enforced through prosecution. There are also alleged breaches of other House rules that participants are intended to protect the rights of minority parties and also that you're supposed to have an even number of Republicans and Democrats on these committees. Bannon's lawyers have already filed a motion challenging the committee's composition, claiming that House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy did not participate in its formation and didn't seek ranking minority members. Instead, according to Bannon, a designation of Representative Liz Cheney, a Republican of Wyoming, as a ranking minority member is invalid. McCarthy did nominate a couple of bare-knuckle brawlers, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, to the committee, but they were rejected. That's not how it's supposed to operate. We'll see if Steve Bannon wins here. We sure hope he does. And we sure hope that he gets to depose Nancy Pelosi. Holy schmoly, would that be a 24-hour special? I would tune in. It'd be incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, there is lots of scary things going on in this country. And we are having a country that is... uh, run by a man who can't even sit for a Jimmy Kimmel interview on a couch. This is dire times. So it is time for us to decide on a different path. And that is why this show exists. So thank you, by the way, for subscribing. Please, please leave us a review and a five-star review at that if you enjoy this program. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have your priorities straight, our priorities go like this, God, family, country. That is what we stand for on this program. We were born free men and women, and we intend to stay that way. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. See ya.